Okay, so we've been working through the Christian Mind book. Josh has gone. Um, we've talked about kind of the last few weeks. Uh, as Damien talked about our mind in the gospel, the need for uh, our minds to be renewed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We talked about our, the content of our thinking, which is God, uh, how we uh, need to have our minds set on God. In that, I think it was um, in that one, I kind of jumped ahead a little bit. Uh, my mind went to the God's covenant with us and how he is a covenant God, how he has revealed himself to us um, through specifically through covenant. That's where the author actually goes to the chapter today. So I'm, I'm not going to go there again, but um, then we talked about uh, the the content of our knowledge, our neighbor. So really, as we set our minds on on God, then that ought to flow out through our neighbor. And we kind of left last week with that thought about we really ought to be people who are very intentionally thinking about others. Uh, we saw how it's not a new, not a new commandment. Um, to, to love your neighbor as yourself, but as Christ in the upper room with his disciples told them, uh, he, he, said, he said, love your neighbor as I have loved you. It really does give a, a bit of a new dimension there where he was about to go to the cross and die for them, die for us. So even higher calling than simply loving our neighbor as ourselves it's a love our neighbor as Christ has loved us, as Christ has loved his church and gave himself up for us. We are, we are to have a, a self-sacrificial love for one another. And that really entails, as I said, being intentional about thinking, how can I serve and love uh, the, world, the world around me? And we saw how there's a specific calling, especially to love, uh, love the brethren. Uh, to love the church, not not neglecting the world around us, but there is a special a special love that we can have as the body of Christ. Today we're talking about the source for right thinking, and um, yeah, it's as as you get to the the source of right thinking, you kind of get to this point where it's like okay, that I think the answer's kind of obvious. It's it's God, and this is what how the author starts the the chapter he says you know kind of just one paragraph in he's like well and, you know the answer is god but that's we kind of built that up we kind of know that but i want to start with just kind of thinking about truth um we i you know as we think about truth we think of Pilate uh as he's talking to christ and Pilate says you know what is truth and it's really this thing that we all kind of struggle with. Um, I was thinking through just some of the, I, I think it was the men's group on Tuesday nights, I mentioned a, uh, a poli two political ads that Courtney and I saw on TV one night. And the first political ad, it was like, uh, I forget what the gal's name was, but it was like, so-and-so is, you know, against the border. And, you know, she... She, she wants the country to be overrun with immigrants, and she's, 
she didn't back Trump and she didn't do this and didn't do this. The very next commercial was for the same gal. And it's like, she's for border security. She, she is the best Trump supporter there ever was. Um, and, and, and point for point, whatever the one ad said she was against, this one says she was for. <laughs> so it's like, you, you, you see something like that, and you're like, okay, well, which one? They can't both be true. Which one's true? I don't, I don't know which one's true. Um, and I, I just thinking of the world that we live in today with, you know, like deep fake videos and these really cool AI image generators where you plug stuff in and like it spits out this image and like the really the the top tier ones are pretty impressive. Like, wow, I you know I wouldn't know that that's I wouldn't know readily that that's fake. So there's so there's so much um, around us where I think that question, what is truth, is especially. Uh, on our minds these days, like what what is truth? So the first question is is and you know I I know I know I think where everyone in this room lands, but I think it's still healthy to discuss it. it is truth relative or is there absolute truth? Absolute. There is absolute. There's absolute truth. Um, you know we we hear a lot these days the the tag my truth. Your truth. Dixie rolled her eyes. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> did, did, it would be the math teacher that rolls her eyes. <laughs> do, do your students ever try to pull that no, one on you? They don't. <laughs> they know better. They yeah. know better. You know, we often to, you know, to give people benefit of the doubt. We do we do oftentimes whatever we perceive to be true is what the very thing what, that we accept to be truth. Um, I was thinking of uh, some friends of mine who are on a family road trip, and as they're heading down the interstate, a uh, a car in front of them totally this spins out of control, total this kind of big wreck. And as they kind of catch up to it and, and drive past it, the, the husband noticed that the top of the car was all caved in. And he said, how did the top of the car get caved in? It just spun out. And his wife said, what are you talking about? It totally rolled over. <laughs> so his mind perceived the accident as the car spinning out, and he was totally baffled to see the, the roof of the car caved in. And the wife like realized, no, I know why the roof of the car is caved in, because it rolled. But just something simple like that, you know, he his perception was one thing and hers was another. And only one of those can be true. And there's there is no there's no uh, you know my truth, your truth kind of thing. Like he realized. I was wrong. My perception was wrong because I see the, the, the roof cave up of the car caved in. Um, but there, you know, there sometimes are you know, situations where just simply, as we'll get into um, uh, in later weeks, because of our worldview, you know, there's certain things that are our perception we can really hold as something as being true. Um, even though as... You were talking 
joking about Dixie and you know being a math teacher. Math, I'm not a math whiz, but I I know enough to be able to say, I would think for the most part, math is pretty black and white, right? Yeah, but since I teach at a Christian school, sometimes they'll put Jesus for the answer. Jesus, do the Sunday school answer. Jesus is always the right answer. Two plus two, Jesus. I feel pretty safe. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. um, So, so we have to ask ourselves. Okay, there are obviously sometimes there's a pure kind of attempt to relativize the truth and say, yeah, well, that, that might be your truth, but this is my truth. Sometimes there is, I think, simply worldview and perception where someone honestly believes, no, this, this thing is true. They might, not under, they might not see, though, that the roof is caved in and understand, oh, wait, that doesn't equal that, so I don't know how that works. But there are, there are honest uh, perceptions of what truth is. So we have to ask ourselves, what is the source? This is the title of this chapter. What is the source for right thinking? What if there is absolute truth, as we all agree there is, what is the source for that thinking? But we, before, we, before we go through that, um, what, just thinking through um, some of your um, Thinking through some of your occupations, uh, various whatever you might work with, think of how truth uh, affects your occupation. I was thinking of Josh being an electrician. Are there certain things as an electrician that there's absolute truth? Yes. <laughs> and <clears throat> so as you think, I mean, it's going to open this up to the room. What... A- Think through your occupation or what you do day to day and where you go to for the truth related to that subject. <clears throat> so a lot of times you might be working off of standard, some document that would ex- explain these are the tried and proven methods. Depending on what you're working on? Yeah. <clears throat> I was gonna say in music, it's actually pretty hard to find that. I think. Yeah. <laughs> because as soon as I asked the question, it's like, like <coughs> music could be interesting. It's one. extremely subjective. Mm-hmm. So like, what is even like what's what sounds good or what makes what what makes a song good? Yeah. You know, that's strongly based on someone's opinion, whether or not. I mean, obviously there are you know there's lists of the best bands of all time, the best songs of all time. Like, there is some commonality there where it does seem like people go okay yeah that's a great song or this is that guy's a great singer but even that's not always true because i dated a girl in college that thought stevie wonder was a terrible singer <laughs> like just objection like, she's no, a vocal major that and like, is wrong <laughs> i was like do you not like his voice or you think he's a bad singer she's yeah, he's a bad singer i'm like we're, uh, we're breaking up we're but that's that's just how music is you know yeah. so, so. The, one, so, the like, one you're currently with thinks that stevie nicks sounds like a goat <laughs> and she hates James Taylor. And that, that's not greatest of all time. <laughs> James Taylor, sorry. <laughs> Can't even say the same row. <laughs> you want to hear sweet baby James? Come on. Hey, she's just speaking. 
That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny with music. So much of like so much what a, what I I love about music is sentimentality of it mm-hmm. for like what I grew up listening to. Yeah, Courtney rolls her eyes. I'll turn it on. like your boys listening to Christmas music when we had our meeting know, for this yeah. class in August. Yeah. I'll turn my music on. And Courtney comes out. What are you listening to? <laughs> but yeah, with music, there's certain things that someone would say that someone would say that's not even music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I can't. You you call that music? That is not music. Yeah. So there is some... Well, even the study of music is music theory. Right. It's not music truth. That's true. Yeah. 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 Which is the difference between something like music and uh, being an electrician. Yeah. (laughs) Like, hopefully it's, uh, you know, the person wiring my house isn't operating off of a new theory that they have. I'd rather have them operate (laughs) off... Or an opinion. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, 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 Operating off of what they've been trained in, what they know is safe, not going to burn the house down. Mm. Anything else? <coughs> In your field, there's, a, there's, I know a lot of, a lot of, you, there's probably a lot of theory that you do work off as people are trying to figure things out, but uh, is there a measure, a measure of truth that you like, no, this is, this is sound the only one, honestly, the only one truth I can think of in medicine is that everybody dies. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, a lot of it is just, um, you know, it's, there's a lot of uncertainty in medicine. You know, one of the founders of medicine actually said that, you know, he came up with a statement, is medicine is the science of uncertainty and the art of probability. So it's like nothing applies all the time to yeah. everybody on anything. It just you can kind of make some generalizations and probably some some observations, but it's just it's so different, you know. But it, it is there's a lot of it, it is the science of uncertainty. You just don't know. There's yeah. so there's really not a. I know that gives you a lot of comfort. <laughs> but but a lot of times, you know, if we're thinking, you know, if we're honest with ourselves, we guess. Mm-hmm. We guess. Not, not, I mean, we're educated guess. Yeah, probably good guessers, but but it's not. I would I wouldn't call much of medicine truth, mm-hmm. other than everybody dies. Yeah, which is funny because yeah, I think oftentimes when we're sick, something's wrong. We kind of like taking our car into the mechanic, and, you know, just find the thing that's wrong and fix it. And sometimes, a lot of times with cars, it's straightforward. There are times where it's like, you know, there has to be a lot of diagnostic work to kind of figure that out. I think a lot of times when you go to the doctor, like, okay, why, you're trying to rule all these things out, but can't you just kind of like, you should know what's wrong and just fix it, right? But that's not how it works. It's death and taxes to uh, certain things. Mechanics say the same thing, though. They say, you know, they kind of know what's wrong. You know, they, over time, they say, okay, so in this Mercedes, this is going to go wrong at about twelve, you know, mm-hmm. at about one hundred twenty thousand miles, or they'll say the same thing that I kind of think of. He says, "Well, I think it's one. It's either this or this," and, and you know, and sometimes they're not afraid to guess and just make a judgment. That, that's just from a mechanic that used to I used to pay a lot of money to. <laughs> <laughs> what about being a parent? I mean, there's mm-hmm. not. I mean, there's 
the truth we teach our children, but in how you be a parent, there's not a lot of absolute truth, really. It's, it works different for every child. Every parent might do it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. So what, what are the sources, though? <clears throat> Even though we don't lay in necessarily on an absolute truth in a lot of these areas, what are kind of the, some of the, the, do we have sources that we go to? The word, yeah, right. Something like parenting, you know. There's, I think there's a lot of, you know, we you think of, um, yeah. As a as a father, I can read in Ephesians, like, okay, I'm not not supposed to exasperate my child. I you need to raise my children to nurture and the admonition, admonition of the Lord. Uh, there's still a lot that the word doesn't necessarily cover. Like, should should my child uh, eat everything that's on his plate? <laughs> well, there's surely something in Proverbs about that, right? <laughs> yes, children should eat every last pea. Um, so there, there are certain things that you know we don't necessarily know from the word. Maybe we a, a lot of times uh, maybe we have sources that we don't even. Uh, uh, clearly kind of think through it and that source is just kind of how we grew up. Right? You so, may not, I might not think, okay, in this situation, my dad or mom would have done this. I just kind of naturally do it because that's how I grew up and what, what I was exposed to. Um, and that's probably, that's probably the way as even certain occupations we have, it's, more so doing something because the people that we learn from or the people that we read lean more that way than a group over here that leans in the opposite way. So we, we are choosing certain, certain uh, directions of what we think is going, is the right way to do something um, based, on, based on the people around us that we are. Yeah, so going to what you're talking about, like even with the having your kids, whether they have to eat everything on your plate or not. So you look at um, these Okinawan people that are living to be more than 120 years, and you say, well, maybe they know something. And usually what they do is they don't eat to even 100% satiate. In other words, they say, they think, I probably could eat that last bite, but I won't. And uh, <laughs> a lot of times, We've been brought up to believe eat everything off your plate, and maybe somebody else's. You know, <laughs> that's what that's what dad's role in life, right? <laughs> Clean, everyone's Clean everyone else's plate. <laughs> so, so there's many sources of truth there, and you know, as as far as kind of what we do, um, and you know, there's. There's some fields more than others, and probably in this room it's, you know, uh, accounting, electrical work, ma- uh, mathematician, where those those fields aren't uh, too keen on relativizing the truth. Like it's more black and white. This is the way. This is the way it is to get the correct uh, result. Um, others, we kind of do work in that. Uh, area of kind of guesswork and theory, kind of figuring things out. That's because some some things in life just are not black and white. 
But when we're thinking about absolute truth, and especially as we're thinking about the Christian mind being one that is set on God and one that is uh, directed toward our neighbor, then we have to realize that there, there is a source of right thinking that we should turn to. And as we, we've uh, mentioned, uh, we've mentioned the word and how we would uh, rightly handle that is kind of where we're going to be heading. Um, but first off, as I mentioned earlier, the, the main thing we first have to realize as far as the truth of, God, of God's word how God has, uh, what we can know about God is that God is the one who has revealed himself to us. The, the men's uh, Tuesday night studies really been working through this a lot as we've been working through um, the, the Lewis Burkhoff's manual Christian doctrine, kind of really starting off in uh, revelation, general revelation, special revelation, and even as we're getting now into talking uh, about God, it's like we can still, as this last Tuesday we were talking about the attributes of God, we can really only know about God on what he has revealed to us, whether that's something we see in, in nature or something that we see in the special revelation of his word. We, we can only, as his creatures, as finite creatures, know our infinite God to the degree that he has uh, revealed himself to us. The, the author of the, the book talks about a couple common errors that we have um, in, um, in thinking about the truth of God's word, uh, the truth about who God is. One is, he says, since God is transcendent and infinite, we can only have an approximate understanding of truth and therefore cannot know something to be true. This is an error, okay? So we think, okay, we are finite creatures. God is infinite. Well, since we're finite and he's infinite, we can only, we can kind of, this kind of goes into that more, it ends up in a camp of relativizing things. It's like we can only know truth to the extent that we can comprehend it, but we can not, never really be certain because God is infinite and so transcendent we can never really be certain about truth, so we can never say this is truth. The other error, he says, is um, um, that to have any certainty that something is true, we must know it exactly how God knows it. So we can, in the one camp is like, yeah, we can have kind of a guesswork of what is true, but because we're so far below God, we can never have any certainty to, about it. The other camp says, no, there, you can have certainty, but you have to know exactly how God knows it. And thinking that that's a possibility to, to know something exactly how God uh, knows the truth. So the question is then, um, how can we know then? How can we know that anything is true? And we wrestle with this uh, with, um, you know, we think about various uh, various churches, uh, <clears throat> some that we would say are not of the true faith. And they say, well, this, this is what, you know, we're all operating out of the same Bible for the most part. And you, know, you think of, I'll, I'll, I'll pick on Mormons uh, for the sake of argument. They have the Book of Mormon, but they also have the Bible. And many times they would, 
Many times they'll point to uh, things in the Bible and say, well, see, this backs up what we believe, or you know, Jehovah's Witnesses, something like that. So we have to realize, well, okay, you're, you're both, we're coming to God's word for truth, you're going to God's word for truth, but at some point we have to say, well, there is a God, and his truth is absolute. Whether I, whether my perception is understanding it correctly or not, there is an absolute truth with God. And um, he has revealed himself to us. And part of him revealing himself to us is that so that we can know him, as we, as we uh, discussed a few weeks ago. Uh, so if we can know him, even though we can't know him uh, absolutely, we can uh, know him to one degree. Uh, a good article off of Ligonier that I read um, says, in the face of postmodern relativism, we must emphatically resist any suggestion that ultimate objective truths do not exist. Though we may not accurately perceive or understand the real world at times, the same does not apply to the Almighty. Therefore, truth is that which conforms to reality as it is perceived by God. He knows all things exhaustively, and so we can trust anything he reveals in Scripture. Truth is not defined by our own subjective standards. It is determined by the source of truth himself. So we recognize as Christians that there is, a, there is one source of truth. And even though we're going to wrestle uh, with what the Word of God means at times, even, even under this roof, you know, there's going to be people who you know, believe the word of God, the word to say one thing, and people who believe that same thing to say something else. And we're gonna, we might wrestle with that even here at CBC, but we have to recognize that God is the source for truth. He has revealed Himself to us, especially through His Word, and that there is an absolute truth that we can't both be right. Uh, that there, there needs to be. Uh, that there is there is uh, one truth to be found. So, really, what I want to look at for the rest of our time is just I think our heart behind wanting to to seek the truth of God's word, recognizing uh, God's word especially as the source of truth that that what points us to God uh, that helps us to know Him. What is the heart that we appro- approach? Uh, the word of God with. So let's read a few verses. Um, we're, we're familiar with John 14, 6, where Christ tells his disciples, "Is I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Um, let's look through some verses in 1 John. So if you want to turn to 1 John, we're going to be reading, if you're familiar with 1 John, the concept of truth comes up quite a bit. Someone wants to read 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 through 27. What verses, Jared? 1 uh, John 2, verses 18 through 27. 
Are you waiting on somebody to read it? Yes. Yeah. I'll read it. Children, it is the last hour, and just as you heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have arisen. From this we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us, but they went out in order that it might be shown that they all are not of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you all know. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Is, where, how far? Uh, all the way through 27. Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. The one who confesses the Son has the Father also. As for you, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise which he himself made to us, eternal life. These things I've written to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. And as for you, the anointing which you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need for anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just, it has, just as it has taught you, you abide in him. Okay. So John is writing to a church that has, as John says, many antichrists among them, people who are teaching a false gospel. So you can imagine this, this church as they have uh, one, that one voice over here saying that this is truth, and another here saying this is truth. They're asking that same question that Pilate asked. What is truth so john writes to them this very kind of reassuring letter about truth and kind of some of the main things uh, that he comforts them with here is uh, an understanding about the holy spirit's work in uh, our lives to know truth uh, he talks about uh, he talks about the anointing that they have received he says you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have all knowledge. His anointing teaches you about everything and is true. So the main thing, though, as you read through this, uh, is verse 22. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. Much of what John writes, uh, talks about through uh, his letter is... Uh, an attack on Jesus Christ, like the the Antichrist. There's a reason he's calling them Antichrists, because they are attacking who Christ is. They're attacking the person and work of Jesus Christ. So John says, "You want to know what truth is?" He says, "You've known the truth." He says, "You've been anointed with the with the Holy Spirit. You know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God." So anyone who comes and tells you opposite of that you know is a lie and, and john doesn't there's no relativizing of this truth john speaks in terms of truth 
and lies. He doesn't say, he doesn't speak in terms of your truth and their truth. Um, it's not, um, I mean, I think he, using the term antichrist to, to describe these false teachers is in itself pretty pointed. Um, so, so John's not like tiptoeing around, like trying to like make people comfortable here. He's saying, no, there is truth and there's a lie. And I can tell you with confidence that anyone who denies Jesus Christ is of a lie. He says there, there is truth. Um, 1 John 4, 1 through 6. So let's read that. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming, and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Okay, again, he's just kind of continuing um, to, to draw out truth and lies, truth and error, um, and giving, giving the, the church confidence in uh, that we can know um, the spirit of truth from the spirit of error. Um, Again, it's going back, verse 2, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. So he's giving this kind of clear understanding. Um, one more from 1 John. 1 John 5, 6 through 12. <clears throat> this is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by the water only, but not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify: the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that He is born concerning His Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he's not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. Okay. So kind of the recurring thing that we see is the importance of the Spirit's role and helping us know what absolute truth is. It's um, going back again to Damien's class, and this is why I think Damien's class is so important. Uh, the, the, we think about the Christian mind and the gospel. Like without, without God's saving work in us through the completed work of his son and applied to us through his Holy Spirit, we can't know truth. We are, we are dead in our sins and trespasses apart from Christ, and a dead man can't, can't know God. In fact, 
that we are, as, as Paul describes us in Romans, we, even though we, we know God, we are actively rebelling against him and re- rejecting him. Um, but we can, when we are saved, we can know the truth of God's word. And we, it's through the, the working of the Holy Spirit that we can know his truth. And the, what does the Holy Spirit point us to? It's not, it's not what's the, if you listen to the Bible class, then you're going to be talking about much the same thing today, kind of, kind of uh, lined up. But the Holy Spirit isn't this, this voice in us that says, hey, Jeremy, let me tell you some truth today. No. The Holy Spirit says, pick up the Word of God. The Word of God, you read the Word of God, and because you have the Holy Spirit, it will help you understand the Word of God and believe it. As I've mentioned a number of times recently, it's been my prayer with my, with my family before we open the Word of God is, Lord, help us, to, help us to understand your Word and help us to believe it. Because it's, I, I recognize it is the Spirit's work in both of those things to help us to understand it and really help us to believe it believe it is the very word of God to have confidence that even those hard things as we come across scripture and think man this is this is a hard thing to believe as a believer what we do when we come to those hard things first and foremost is we have to say Lord humble me I read this and this seems difficult but I believe this to be your word and therefore, it is absolute truth. So humble me under your word that I might believe it, understand it, and believe it. Um, this, is, this is the picture as uh, Courtney and I toured uh, old churches through uh, South Carolina uh, at the beginning of the summer through something with school. Uh, many Presbyterian churches, you, you go in, they have these enormous uh, pulpits where the uh, the pastor actually goes upstairs to get up there and you know there some of these are great or they're they're staying way above, above but the, the picture the picture is not the authority of the man the picture that they're trying to convey is the authority of the word of God and scripture talks about us sitting under the authority of the word so like we're going to picture that for you you're sitting under the word of God. We, are, we realize that we all have perceptions of truth, but we have to submit ourselves to the reality of God's absolute truth. So we want to position ourselves under, humbly position ourselves under uh, the word of God. As we... Um, just kind of thinking of that heart attitude um, of, of submitting ourselves to the Word of God. I want to read through um, a couple, a, a few verses from Psalm 119. Uh, 119, uh, verse 160 to start with. It says, the sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. So 
Again, as we come before the Word of God and submit ourselves to Him, we are coming to it recognizing it as truth, that God's Word is uh, the sum of truth. And flipping back, verses 97 through 104, this really kind of captures the passion between recognizing the, the delight and the joy that God has revealed himself to us, especially through his word. Uh, Psalm 119, 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. So listening to a message from uh, Sinclair Ferguson from a, um, uh, one of the Ligonier National Conferences, and he, kind of talking about this idea of truth, he, he said it's so easy for us to point our finger at the world around us and, say, and, and blame them for problems. It's so easy to point our finger at those crazy churches that we see on TV and point and, and blame them for problems. He says we don't often enough look at ourselves. Kind of, you know, I was thinking as he's as he was teaching, thinking of uh, Christ teaching Matthew on the Sermon on the Mount about taking the log out of our own eye. He says, he says, maybe we need to spend a little more time looking at our own deficiencies. And he read this passage. He says, do, do you hunger for the word of God? Do you hunger for God, for the truth of God's word, like the psalmist? Do, how, how often do we just go at, to church on Sundays, get our 30-minute sermon, and that's all the thinking we have for the rest of the week on the Word of God. He says, we ought to be, we ought to hunger for it. It ought to be the meditation of our hearts. So if we want, if we want to not only recognize the source for right thinking, how are we actually using that source for right thinking? Are we humbling ourselves before it? Are we seeking that truth? Are we meditating on it? You know, we, we obviously can't, we have jobs and things like that. I can't walk around with my nose in my Bible all day long, even though I guess I, as a pastor, maybe I, uh, even I should be doing that. Uh, there's, there's people to care for. And, uh, but can it be the meditation of our heart? Can we think through as we, as we read God's word and meditate on, on it through the day, rehearse it in our minds, think of God's promises, just have, have the God who has revealed himself to us as, as the, the content of our, of our thinking throughout the day, kind of uh, just meditating on, on God's word. Now, one error that we need to be careful with in um, as we read God's words, we don't we don't want to do 
what the Jewish rulers of Jesus' day had done. In John 5, um, 39, he indicts the, the rulers. He says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. We, we can fall into the error of thinking that the black and white words on this page are the, are the, the end of the source of right thinking. And not realize that what this reveals to us is our God and specifically how he has revealed himself to us through Jesus Christ. So, so Christ tells the religious rulers of his day, yes, you, you know your scriptures. You, you, you meditate on them. You think through them, but you miss the point. You miss the, the absolute truth behind the word of God, and that's they point to me. You, need, you, you read the scriptures, but you refuse uh, to see that they bear witness about me, Jesus Christ. So as, as we hunger and thirst for God's word, uh, as we meditate on it, we need to, our, our minds need to go to realize, okay, th- these are the very words of God that he has, he has condescended, given up, revealed himself to us through language that we can understand. But it is so that we can know him. And specifically, we know him through his son, Jesus Christ. Um, so I guess that, that would be, again, I think we've, we've kind of hit on this a couple times throughout this, um, throughout this series so far as, as we think of the world and their, dark, their darkened mind, and we think about how our minds are being renewed, it, we, can, we can very easily... Um, have have the attitude of the of the Pharisee standing, you know, with a tax collector down there. Oh, thank you, God, that I'm not like that man. And really losing all compassion for uh, for the person who was lost. Um, and I think this lesson here, as Sinclair Ferguson meant, uh, talked about, is really an opportunity for us to look at our own lives. Like, do I, do I actually hunger and thirst for your word, Lord? Is it a meditation of my heart? Do I realize that you have revealed yourself to me, especially through your word and Jesus Christ, and hunger for that? So as we think about the source for right thinking, it really is that going going to the, that's the source, um, kind of circling back around to, uh, well, no, instead of circling the occupation thing, just end with this, with, you know, think of our, of our spouse, and we want to know our spouse. We have to spend time with them. We have to talk with them, find out about them. Um, you know, I... I want to find out as I get home at the end of the day and talk with Courtney and find out how her day went and struggles with school and um, just all the things that are on her mind. I get to know who she is. There's, there's that 
need for interaction for me to know Courtney and, and to, to love her well and for her to love me well. We, we need that. We, we need, uh, I, I need to know her more. And that helps me to love her more. It's very much the same thing with God's word. He says, I've, you, you want to know me since I've, I've given you my word. You know, get to, get to know me. If you, 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 I have loved you and you want to love me, know, know my word. This is Christ, you know, saying, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's not, it's not a harsh thing, but it's a, it's a simple thing. Like, yeah, if, if you love me, you'll be in my word and you'll, you'll keep my commandments. We obviously don't do that perfectly. We're, we're sinful and that's why he wants us to come to him and confess our sins, repent. Uh, but we do need to recognize the, the source for right thinking. Anything else before we wrap up? You know, um, one of the things I was thinking about when you started asking earlier about how we know the truth about something. There's things that reveal themselves to be true just in nature, like like whenever you're, if you're working in a job like I have been in the past where you do a lot of research and development type work, you, you don't try to think you know anything. You try to look at what is true about the, the nature of the way this works. You, you, you look at it and you say, so I, I theorize this, but what I really see is this. I'm, I'm a little bit wrong. I have to admit that. Mm -hmm. And then what I do is I mend my thinking and I move to the next place and I make another judgment. And hopefully I'm making good judgments every time along the way. A lot of times you see the people that make mistakes you notice what they've done is they kind of made a judgment and they went the wrong way. And then that this tree of bad judgments continue to go. And you take the same day that they use and you come back down here and you look at it and you go, why would you do that? <laughs> you know, and so you kind of, we are actually given help by the Spirit of God to know things in our, in our world that we, mm -hmm. and, um, I've actually been very fortunate to have been able to work in that environment and see how the Lord has helped me. Because not having a degree and working in an environment with PhDs and MS, I'm, I'm able to actually function. How did, I, how did I do that? Well, if I go home and I'm perplexed by something, I simply just say, Lord, you got to help me. I have a job to do, and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know? And so what he does is he does these little, he, he programs your brain while you're sleeping. You wake up in the morning, you go to work, and you tell these guys that are so much smarter than you, this is how it works, and they say, you're crazy. I go, no, I'll tell you, that guy, I've seen it. But it's, it's just an amazing thing how the Lord is, helps people every day to understand what it is that we don't understand, just by being observant. And the laws of nature work around us. We 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 have to work in that confine. You don't you don't re redirect things. You don't you you're not you're you're having to understand the world that how it works, mm -hmm. and not how you think it works. 
Well, and I think that's, that, that's kind of the, goes back to humbling ourselves under the word of God. It's like if in a realm like Larry's career in medicine, there is, it says, you know, the one truth is people die. But if Larry says, okay, I think the best treatment is this, and every, every result that comes from that is, is showing that it's not. But Larry says, oh, no, I, I'm not wrong. I'm not going to be wrong. Rejecting, rejecting what is, is coming out of that. Like, that's the same thing. So oftentimes, we can do the same thing with the Word of God. Is like, no, I'm not going to be wrong. Like, no, I'm, I'm fallible. I didn't realize I might be wrong. There's been a lot of things in my Christian life that I've realized, oh, I'm just, I didn't understand that. I've changed my thinking. All this stuff is a truth. Anything that is true is a truth, but Jesus is the truth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think that's the distinction we're making today was that the, the truth that matters is Christ himself, you know, like John 5 stuff. And I think that's why we don't have the original manuscripts. Imagine how, how much of an idol we would make of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but even, even something, even the sciences, I mean, the sciences are the things that are true, right? Uh, they're, they're binary in that sense. So electricity, we don't even know how power moves. It's like, does power move through the conductors or does it move through the electromagnetic field that's surrounding the conductors mm-hmm. in the space? And then you look at you know, astronomy, dark energy, dark matter, that, sh- that has to exist, but we don't have direct evidence for it. You know? All these things that, why does one plus one equal two? I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> because it does. <laughs> it just does. Yeah, I'm looking forward. I've been teaching for three weeks, and um, I don't think, like I said, I don't think I teach the rest of the series now. But I'm looking forward to hearing, like you know, as we dig into um, faith and science, and that with so many question marks, we still realize. <laughs> Our, that God, our Savior, upholds the universe by the word of His power, and um, there, even though we don't understand it, we know these things are working because He is sovereign and control. He's the designer of it. Um, there's, we operate off in some of those areas off a lot of theory, uh, but we can still be confident that at the end of the day, there is a, there is an absolute truth for why these things work. Right, because. Uh, God has designed it. Okay, let me pray and then we can get uh, down to our service. Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your word. I do pray that you would help us uh, help us uh, not uh, to be so quick to blame um, the world around us uh, for uh, various problems, but help us to be a people who uh, desire you, who desire to know you, who realize our own weakness in, um, in feasting on your word. Uh, so I pray that you would help us to be people who desire you, who desire to know you, um, who turn to your word, who meditate upon it, um, delight in it, uh, kind of speak with that passion that the psalmist has. Um, your word is sweeter than, than honey out of the comb. Um, just to find our delight, uh, delight, in who you are uh, and knowing that you've 
revealed yourself to us uh, through your word. Father, I help. I pray that you uh, just help us as we go into your uh, to the worship service this morning. Be with Ryan as he preaches uh, from John. Uh, help us uh, to uh, humble ourselves under the preaching of your word. Help us to be able to understand your word uh, and to believe it. Um, and we just pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.